Welcome to the Clovercrest Baptist Church podcast. For more information about Clovercrest Baptist Church, go to clovercrest.com.au. G'day everyone, how are we going today? Going good, great to be with you in the room and for those that are joining us online, great that we can be together. Well this uh, February we're looking at what matters most. Hopefully you've kind of got, that's the theme of our year and it's what we're moving into. We're looking at what matters most as a follower of Jesus and we've explored things uh, around our key vision priorities, around reach. What does it mean to introduce people to Jesus? What does it mean to grow? What does it mean to go deeper in our relationship with Jesus? Last week we looked at what does it mean to multiply, to raise and release leaders now and into the future and today we're going to look at expand and innovate. I'm going to be looking at these last two vision priorities. Uh, I wonder if you've kind of thought about over time how many truly remarkable inventions and innovations have really come about. I've got some coming up on the screen. You know, in the 14th century, we had the printing press. You know, before the 14th century, it was the elite, it was the wealthy, it was the educated who had the opportunity to read. And the printing press was a game changer. And just truly a remarkable invention in terms of getting information and expanding literacy rates uh, across the world. What about the automobile? You see it there. Uh, Personal uh, mobility and freedom like never before with the car. Uh, You can also see the aeroplane. Well, the aeroplane, they look a little bit different these days. Uh, But the aeroplane, you can move products, you can move people, all different parts around the world like never before. What an incredible invention. And then you can see the telephone. Uh, the telephone just expanded our communication like never before. I've got some more uh, coming up here. Uh, you can see uh, the light bulb. Uh, Thomas Edison, he gave us light so that we could actually make the most of all of the day. How good of an invention was that? Uh, vaccines. Well, we're waiting on a little vaccine at the moment, aren't we? Some of you maybe are further ahead in the queue than others for the COVID vaccine, but vaccines are really a game changer. You think about people's health and, and you think about the fact that, you know, the stopping and the spreading of diseases and people's health and their personal vitality over the years through uh, different vaccines. And then we have the personal computer. Who remembers the Commodore 64? Wow, there it is, just in case you need a little memory. And this is exactly the one that we had in the Stevens household growing up because we had the fast drive. Oh, gee, I know that just a lot of you just had no idea what I was saying just then. But the fast drive in the Commodore 64 meant that, you know, something loaded in five minutes instead of 10. So it was just an absolute game changer. Personal computers in terms of uh, work efficiencies and then, of course, the internet and the digital age has just been uh, just an incredible uh, innovation in uh, more recent times. But, you know, we live in changing times now and in some ways I feel like the pace of change is just so incredibly fast. The pace of change now, it just seems like things are going quicker and quicker. You know, when the car was uh, first made, when the automobile was first made, by the time that it reached 20% global market share, it took 80 years. For the car to saturate the global market to 20% took 80 years. For the mobile phone industry to get to the same percentage, it's taken 10 years. 10 years. See, the pace of change and what we're living in now, it just seems to be going quicker and quicker. And I'm not sure if that's a reflection that I turned 40 last year. 
I don't think it is. I think things are actually you know, getting faster and faster as we go uh, through life. But you know, over time, God's used innovations, and he's used innovation and inventions to grow disciples and to advance his kingdom. It's what he's done. It's how he's worked. If I take you all the way back to the first century, if we look at the Roman roads. So the Romans put in this elaborate road system, incredible transport, accessibility, and links. And what did God's people do? Well, they used the Roman roads to advance the gospel, to actually be able to go from city to city and town to town and spread the word. You know, the, the gospel really expanded so rapidly in the first century, largely due to the Roman road network. Incredible. God uses innovation. You can see the printing press there in the 14th century. You consider what the printing press did for the distribution of God's word. And then on and in, in that, you know, for the God's word to be translated into multiple languages all across the world. The printing press is an absolute game changer that God used to advance his kingdom and to get the gospel into, and the Bible especially, into the hands of many people who just did not have access to it beforehand. And then in the 21st century, the digital age, we are in the midst of a digital revolution. And the way that God is using the digital age to reach more people with the gospel is incredible. This time last year, uh, we were just thinking about this thing called COVID, wondering where Wuhan was in China, and just sort of thinking, hmm, this could be something. And it's ended up being a big thing, hasn't it? And we were talking and thinking as a church leadership around uh, digital and around you know, exploring what digital would mean. We had no idea that a year down the track, Clovey Online would be a legitimate campus of our church. You know, on Clovey Online, and for those online, great to have you with us, 180 to 200 people gather each week in our online. Uh, from Adelaide all across the way to Hawaii. It's a wonderful uh, way that God is advancing his kingdom. Last year, we saw 40 people make a decision to follow Jesus online. Incredible, the way that God is advancing his kingdom through the digital age. You see, God uses innovation. He uses innovation to make disciples and grow his kingdom. You see, God's all for innovation. He's all for it. He's for innovation. He's for expansion. He wants to bring change. He doesn't want things to be stale or stagnant. He doesn't want us to look and just enjoy the golden years of time gone past. But he's got a preferred future for us all, individually and as a church. And he wants us to move towards that. And for that to happen, it involves innovation. It involves courage. It involves taking risks. It involves moving into the new. So I wonder, how do you go with change? Is change something that you embrace? Or is change something that you actively resist? Or is change something that you passively resist and you just kind of hope that if you close your eyes for long enough, it will go away? Because God's actually for it. He's for innovation. He's for change. And we see that in his word. If we go all the way back to the creation story, uh, we see that God is all for innovation because in Genesis 1, it says, in the beginning, God created. It was God who first created from nothing became something. And Gary Oster says this, he says, God's character is revealed to humankind through his innovation. It was God who created. It was God who brought this world into being. 
He is for innovation. He is for change. He is for bringing about new things. And we see this in the life of Jesus, in his life and his ministry here on earth. Jesus was sent from heaven to earth, essentially to save God's wayward people one time and for all through his death and through his resurrection. And there's a man who studies all these sorts of innovation and different bits and pieces, and his name's Steve Addison. And this is what Steve Addison says. He says, Jesus began something completely new in human history, a missionary movement. This is what Jesus brought in. Jesus brought in a missionary movement through the way that he lived, through his life, his death, and his commission and his charge to his disciples, and now to us, until he returns again. This is what Jesus did. So Jesus is for uh, innovation, for change. He led change by bringing people from the margins into the center. He valued women, sick, the children, you know, in, in a day where society didn't value in the same way. He made it clear that he'd come for the sick and not the healthy. Jesus was very strong on his rebuke to the religious leaders of the day who looked very put together on the outside, but their hearts were far from God. And Jesus spoke in stories, sometimes confusing, but sometimes in a way that his hearers could understand and learn to live out what it meant to be and participate in the kingdom of God. And he spoke about this innovative approach in Mark 2 when he said these words. He says, no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. See, Jesus is speaking of a new way. When he brought the kingdom of God here on earth, he's speaking of a new way, a new approach to life and faith that is found in him. What he's saying is he's saying that he is the new wineskins. And Jesus led this change by challenging the status quo with the religious leaders of the day. He called people who weren't recognized socially to come and follow him, and he led a new way of living, a new model of behavior that we see in his life and in his ministry that he calls us to follow. He's the new wineskin. And he's all about bringing change in the way that people live. And the Apostle Paul took this on, and he lived this out in and through his life. And he says this to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 9. This is Paul speaking. He says, though I am free, I belong to no one. I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law. Though myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I am not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means, I might save some. And I do this for the sake of the gospel, that I might share in its blessings. Paul's saying, I'm free, but I'll become a slave. Why? 
What's my goal? What's the end game here? Well, the end game is to win as many, possi- win as many people possible to the Lord. That's how he would live his life. I love verses 22 and 23. I'll read it again. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. And I do this for the sake of the gospel, that I might share in its blessings. You see, Paul was all good for change. The Apostle Paul, who wrote the majority of the New Testament, he was all good for change, as long as it was leading people to Jesus. That's why he kind of went about his business in such a way that he could share the gospel as much as possible. One of my heroes in the faith from the last uh, century, in the last uh, few years, is Billy Graham. And Billy Graham has taken on a completely innovative approach in his life and in his ministry. The way that he shared the gospel. Um, You know, his um, ministry team would say that uh, he had a reach of over 2.2 billion people that heard the gospel through his ministry. Over 3 million people made a decision to follow Jesus through the works and the words of uh, Billy Graham. He innovated into print. He innovated into media. He went into large stadium uh, rallies to share the gospel. Absolutely incredible. And he said this about his life. This is Billy Graham. He said that my one purpose in life is to help people find a personal relationship with God, which I believe comes from knowing Christ. See, last week we spoke about our purpose, right? And Billy Graham was really clear on his purpose. He knew why he existed. And that was to introduce people to Jesus. And he would change up his methods. He would change up his ways as long as he kept the mission of God at the center of what he did. And that's what it means to innovate. That's what it means to join God in his mission of seeing people come to know him and doing that in innovative and new ways. You see, the things that got us to this point won't be the things that take us forward. Some things might come with us, but there's new ways to think and to operate as long as we are still moving towards introducing people to Jesus. And I know for some of you, you'll be like, this is great. And for others of you, you're like holding on to your chair. You're like, no, this is tough. But it's important that we see the way that God sees it. And that we see that over time, God has innovated. Over time, God has brought change. Over time, God has recreated and brought new things so that more people can come to know him. So very important that we understand this. There's a pastor in America called Andy Stanley. He's got this little saying where he talks about that, you know, we need to marry the mission but date the method. I like this. It's interesting. So we need to marry the mission. We, we covenant to the mission of God. We're here to love God, to love people, to make disciples of Jesus together. That's our mission. It doesn't change. We're married to that. But we can date the method. And the idea of this is that there'll be different uh, methods. There'll be different ways. There'll be different approaches. And it's important to consider the season that we're in and what it means for us to keep changing and adapting into the ways of God so that people can come to know Jesus. There's a guy by the name of Scott Cormode, and he's written a book called The Innovative Church that came out last year. And he asked this question. This is a really, really important question for us, Clovey, to consider, particularly as we look at what does it mean to expand and innovate. He asked this question. He says, how do we maintain a rock-solid commitment 
to the unchanging Christian faith while at the same time finding innovative ways to express that faith in an ever-changing culture? Great question. Such a great question. I'm going to read it again. Make sure you absorb all of this question today. How do we maintain a rock-solid commitment to the unchanging Christian faith while at the same time finding innovative ways to express that faith in an ever-changing culture? Because this essentially describes what it means to focus on what matters most. This is what it means to focus on what matters most. Knowing that we have this rock-solid faith, but to actually participate and engage in the mission of God, it's going to take and involve different ways about going about things. And then how are we open towards that? What's that going to look like here at Clovercrest, which will look different to other churches in our city, which will look different to other churches in our nation, which will look different to churches that we can learn from across the nations? Very important question for us to consider. And I encourage you to take that to prayer, particularly in this last week of our prayer and fasting and say, Lord, where is it that we need to keep learning and growing in this? And as I consider this and I think about what it means to focus on what matters most, an image comes to mind for me, and that is around someone who is ambidextrous. Someone who is ambidextrous. I wonder, do we have anyone that's ambidextrous here with us today? Anyone? No? Oh, yeah, we have one. Fantastic. That's brilliant. It's like an awesome skill, right? You know, to be ambidextrous, to be able to go both right-handed and left-handed, be proficient and be skilled in both your right hand and your left hand. You know, you might see it with an artist or you might see it with a professional athlete, you know, or you might notice, you know, someone that you play some sports against and they maybe throw one hand and bat the other hand. You're like, oh, that's interesting. How does that work? You know, it's a, it's a unique skill. But this idea of being ambidextrous, I think, is a really good image for us to consider when it comes to what matters most, when it comes to being a church committed to expanding and innovating. Because I think on one hand, we need to keep doing the things that we do really well and keep doing them really well and keep growing and learning. How can we continue to do that? While on the other hand, having the courage and the faith to take risks and explore things into the future. And it's how do you go both right-handed and left-handed? How do you keep doing the things that you do really well? And how do you grow into the new that God has for us? Because I don't believe that it's one or the other. You don't say, we're going to stop all this stuff over here and we're going to start all this stuff over there. I don't think that pendulum swing is probably a helpful one. But asking the question, what do we do really well? And keep doing that and growing in that. But then also exploring, on the other hand, the new things that God has for us. And if we can grow in being ambidextrous, I really believe then that is a helpful thing for us as we focus in on what matters most. And Jesper Sorensen states this. He says, The successful leader not only knows how to execute the existing strategy, but also knows how to adapt in the face of change and ideally drive change. So the challenge for us, Clovey, is to be ambidextrous. So put your hands out in front of you. Put your right hand out, put your left hand out, and go... How can we grow into the things that God has for us that we do really well, but also then explore things into the future that we don't know exist yet? This is the challenge. And there's a bit of push and pull, right? And, and, and there's a kind, of a, a kind of a challenge for all of us individually, and there's a challenge for us here, uh, you know, kind of more as a church family as well, as we explore what that means. And this is why, with our God-sized dream, we have the vision priorities of expand and innovate. 
Because there's some things that we don't know what God has for us in the future. But we have a desire and a dream to position ourselves before him in such a way to say, Lord, our answer is going to be yes. We want to position ourselves like Paul did so that as many people can have an opportunity to come to know Jesus as possible. That's the type of church that I want to be a part of, and I'm sure that's the type of church that you want to be involved in as well. So let's have a quick look at these vision priorities. Expand, one church, many gatherings. Well, the first kind of bullet point under here is develop Clovey online as a thriving campus of Clovey. You know, Pastor Ash and her team are doing a wonderful job. There is so much unknown in the digital ministry and digital mission. There are so many things that we don't know. Just literally, we just do not know. But Ash and her team are doing a great job of asking the questions that we need to ask. And like I said, Clovey Online, we have 180 to 200 of you gathering every week. And we're looking now at how do we pull you together? How do we actually grow a healthy ministry? How do we grow micro sites and mini churches that go from this place as we learn from those that have gone before us? It's very exciting, some of the things that God is starting to lay out for us on a roadmap. We're looking at rural Australia. There is a number of towns and a number of places uh, rurally in Australia that just don't have access to the gospel in a way that maybe we could uh, look into. So we're going to look into that and pray and keep asking the Lord what he's got for us there. We also want to explore multi-site options. You know, what's God got for us into the future? You know, has he got uh, more church plants for us? Has he got some, you know, more campuses for us? Like, we just want to be open to the things that he has for us. You know, this week it's really exciting. We're starting a church service in Golden Grove Helping Hand. And Pastor Nathan McDuff and his team have done a great job pulling that together. And there's a real openness in the Golden Grove Helping Hand for us to start to be involved in ministry there. That's wonderful. And we're saying, Lord, what else do you have for us? Maybe in retirement villages or in schools. You know, how do you want to keep growing us into what you have for us? We're open to you. And then we're thinking, well, what does it mean to be involved in some midweek missional gatherings? You know, um, what does it mean to actually pull people together uh, and actually share faith with them? Maybe not as in an organized structure, but still sharing the gospel in that sort of way. How do we keep growing as one church, but having many gatherings? There's a lot of different opportunities for us. And maybe even some of this stirs in your heart a little bit. And you're like, I'd really like to participate in this. And why don't you come and speak to one of the team? Just drop your name down at the point and one of the team will reach out to you. Or go uh, fill in a Connect card and one of the team will reach out to you and be involved in that conversation. And then our vision priority of innovate, daring to dream. Like I said, we've put innovate in there because we know what has got us here won't take us into the future. But we don't know what all the future holds. But we do know that God knows. And we trust him in all of this. So we want to build innovation and creativity and a pioneering spirit into our future. So we're wanting to actually just continue to grow into that, foster that culture. We're thinking about maybe even pulling a team together because... As we are talking about earlier in the service, God wants to speak to all of us and God does speak to some of us in ways of seeing things into the future, maybe prophetically or maybe with a pioneering apostle spirit. And we want to pull a little team together of people who can pray and say, Lord, what are the things for us into the future? And that might stir in you. You might say, you know, I've got a lot of ideas, but I don't know if they're all good ideas. But you want to put them through the filter and put them through with the team and see where the Lord leads us. Then come and speak to one of the team. Reach out. Uh, We'd love to talk to you more about that.
We want to be a church that responds and anticipates the missional needs and opportunities of others. I think in the past we've done an incredible job when you think about bushfire relief and and responding to the needs that have been in front of us. It's been incredible. How do we continue to anticipate and uh, how do we continue to serve and bless and care for those, not only in our local community but further on? And I want to put one uh, innovative idea ahead of you and just in front of you today, and that is called Clovey Eats. And Pastor Anne Hughes, our children and young families pastor, is putting together what is called Clovey Eats. And this is a ministry to help and to serve and to care for those in our church community and our local community who are doing life tough. And you might love to cook. You might really love to cook. You might you know, think, you know what, uh, I love cooking, but sometimes I don't even know who I can cook for. Well, I want to put this idea in front of you. Or you might really love cooking. You've got a big family, and you might just go, you know what, I might just double up and do one more. And, you know, Clovey Eats is an opportunity. It's an opportunity for you if you have a heart to um, not only cook, but also to serve and care for those in our community, in our faith and church community and our local community who are doing life tough. Clovey Eats is going to be an opportunity for you. And you can speak to Pastor Anne about that. You can drop your name at the point or again, fill in a connect card because we'd love to hear from you if you'd like to join that team. You know, there is a lot of need, not only in our church and in our community. And we know that from a number of different ministries that we talk about and things that happen. But this is one concrete way that we can be caring and loving for people. So if you want to be part of that, then speak to Pastor Anne. And then we're also going to keep developing Pathway and developing Quench. These are two ministries that have um, grown in the last decade in the life of our church. And we're wanting to continue to see them on that real cutting edge of meeting the needs of those in our community and loving on them. And that's going to be part of what we do moving forward as well. You know, there's a church leader and author. His name is Dr. Tom Rayner. He's written a book called The Post-Quarantine Church. Do you like that? We're kind of still in it, right? The Post-Quarantine Church, a real prophetic book that he's written into the life uh, of churches all across uh, the world. And he's picked up some key things that he's noticed, and he started to write some things out on that. And he says this, he says, we don't want to go back to the past. The future is what the Holy Spirit has waiting for us. We don't want to go back to the past. The future is what the Holy Spirit has waiting for us. I wonder, do you believe that in your heart? Do you believe it? That the Holy Spirit has a future for us. Because you know, Clovey, I believe that deep in the DNA of the church here is a pioneering spirit. Innovation is bedded deep into the life and the story and the ministry of the church here. It is, and it has been for decades. You know, we take you all the way back to the 1980s and Pastor Malcolm Wilson, who was going house to house, you know, sharing what's it all about. He was doing Alpha before Alpha was a thing. He was pioneering and sharing the gospel into a region that was expanding with people. In the 1990s in here, you had Pastor uh, Mark Wilkinson, who was leading big uh, rallies that were having young people coming uh, in the car park and different outreaches. And then on Sunday nights, having what he'd call Max Life Services, where he'd share the gospel really openly. Again, taking ground, doing it in that sort of way. In the 2000s, there's a young man by the name of Simon Duke who pioneered a bus stop ministry. Some of you might have participated in that, in the local bus stops, loving and caring and sharing faith with people. 
Again, a pioneering spirit. And in the 2010s, we've had Pathway and Quench grow and expand into being really significant ministries that serve those in our local area. What will the 2020s look like? We don't know. But are we open? Are we open to this new and next season that the Lord has for us? As a Stanford professor, Bill Barnett, he says, discovery beats planning. So plan to discover. It's interesting. Discovery beats planning. So plan to discover. So my question for us today is, are we open to the things of the Lord that He has for us into the future, individually and as a church? Are we willing to be ambidextrous and work on the things that we're doing so well and then explore the new things that God has for us? But I want to bring us all the way back to the Word of the Lord for 2021 for us. From Zechariah 4, 6. Read. It says, not by might or not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. This is an invitation for us as a church to actually move with the spirit of the Lord. To move with what God is doing and not push or force our way in, but actually say, Lord, I surrender before you. I want to be a person who reaches, who introduces others to you. I want to be a person who grows. I want a deep intimacy and love in my heart for you first. Lord, I desire to be someone who multiplies, that I wouldn't keep it to myself, but I pass it on to others. And an openness to expand and innovate into the ways of the Lord. If your heart is for the Lord in the presence of your friends and your church family and for those online, I just invite you to stand. I invite you to stand if your heart before the Lord is to say, yes, Lord, this is the life, Lord, that I desire to live. This is, Lord, my commitment before you to accept this invitation of being a person who focuses in on what matters most. And as you do that, I encourage you just to put your hands out in front of you and just let the team sing over you now. Let the team sing over you as they sing around the Holy Spirit coming and filling each one. Let the team sing over you now.